Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 192 of Brewers on Tap. It is great to have you with us for another edition of the podcast as we come to you on the weekend here in the Valley of the Sun. Cactus League play very much underway, almost at the halfway point now, 7-5 and five so far for the crew in Cactus League play. They get after it again this afternoon against the Texas Rangers, and this afternoon is the debut in a Brewers uniform for Jackie Bradley Jr. We'll have a little bit more on that signing coming up in just a a few minutes. Here's what we have for you on the podcast today. We're going to talk to Brewers left-handed prospect Aaron Ashby. He is getting a lot of attention so far in camp and rightfully so. He's actually going to be on the mound later today. He's going to get an inning for the crew against the Rangers in this Cactus League game and he has drawn some attention because Aaron Ashby did not get included with all the minor leaguers that got sent back over to minor league camp. A handful of prospects were reassigned on Friday. Aaron Ashby's name, not one of them. Doesn't mean it won't happen at some point this camp, but it certainly gives you an idea of just how much he's opened the Brewers' eyes. Not just this spring, but also with his performance during fall instructional league. You're going to hear a little bit more about him throughout the entire podcast, but we're going to talk to him about what this spring training has been like for him so far. Also, Brewers farm director Tom Flanagan's going to stop by, and we're going to talk to Tom about the challenges of last year without true minor league seasons, running the alternate site, and then, of course, the changes this year to minor league baseball. Some of the rule changes we won't talk about because those came out after I already talked to Tom. <laughs> so we won't be able to, to go back and, and talk to him about some of the rule changes uh, that are being proposed in minor league baseball. But we will talk to him about the later start to the season and about some of the names within this organization that are catching his eye. Should be a lot of fun to talk to Tom Flanagan as well. In fact, I know it'll be fun to talk to Tom Flanagan because I already did it. And then you're going to get a chance to listen to it. All right, Jackie Bradley Jr., he's the newest brewer. We told you about this signing last week when it was being reported it's now official he's going to be in a brewer's uniform leading off on saturday against the rangers this is a big move for the crew this is one of the premier defensive players in all of baseball certainly one of the premier outfielders defensively in all of baseball and now you've added colton wong jackie bradley jr you basically add lorenzo kane too after he opted out of last season and this is three these are three of the premier defenders at their positions now as a part of this team. I know the pitchers are excited about this development. Certainly they should be. Big move for the defense. But you know what? It's a big move for the offense, too. Jackie Bradley Jr., very productive offensive player over the course of his career, and a left-handed bat. And don't let that get lost on you. We have seen many left-handed hitters come to American Family Field in Milwaukee and see their numbers increase because the ball flies out to right. If you have a little power in that bat, and Jackie Bradley Jr. certainly does, you typically see those power numbers increase. Ask Christian Yelich about that. Ask Travis Shaw about that in 2017 and, of course, in 2018. It's a great place to hit if you're a left-handed hitter. And so Jackie Bradley Jr., I think maybe could have one of his better offensive years. If he is able, you know, Craig Council is going to try to manage this so all these guys get 
regular at bats. And he had this same issue in 2018, and it worked out. It kind of worked itself out, but it worked out in the sense that the Brewers were great. Yelich wins the MVP, and the Brewers go to the 2018 NLCS. All in all, pretty good. I think they would take that again here in 2021. But you get him regular at bats, I think you're going to see him have one of his better offensive years. Uh, as a Major League Baseball player. So it's an exciting signing. Another big clubhouse guy that's going to bring a great presence. You already had added another one in Colton Wong. Uh, this is going to be a, a really strong culture that the Brewers once again roll out in 2021. That's been a theme in the Craig Council and David Stearns era, that's for sure. Okay, let's jump into it. I had a chance to sit down with Aaron Ashby. What an exciting young man, and he has a chance to be a really good one for the Brewers before it's all said and done. Brewers left-hander Aaron Ashby is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. And, and Aaron, you have generated some buzz over the course of camp this spring with uh, your performances in Cactus League play. What have these performances done for you just in terms of confidence? Because you're facing uh, a lot of big league hitters in this camp and you've been able to, to do it with pretty good success rate. How, how has that kind of proven to you uh, that you belong at this level? Yeah, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun uh, so far. I've had a lot of fun um, being with the guys and everything. And as far as confidence goes, um, it, it definitely helps, you know, to go out there and be successful. Um, you can't, you know, it's, it's kind of a roller coaster. You can't get too too far up. You can't get too far down. you got to kind of stay even keel. So um, that's something I try to try to do as much as I can and, stay stay going down that line and um, you know, not, not getting too overly confident but also you know when things go bad because um, eventually you know they they probably will in this game but um, you know not not getting too down on yourself so it's just all about keeping it uh, keeping it even Aaron you were able to be a part of the alternate site last year oh. and I think for most guys in the minor leagues last year was really hard you didn't have games. For some guys, it might have been a totally lost year. Being able to go to the alternate site salvaged quite a bit out of what otherwise would have been a lost year for you. And again, for guys like you making your way up through the system, you got a chance kind of like this spring to see guys from a higher level and challenge your stuff. So there actually might have been some some positive upside to to what you went through last year in terms of being at the alternate site versus maybe pitching in double A, which certainly would have been a challenge and probably still would have been the preferred yeah. option. But th there was some silver linings, weren't there, from being at the alternate site? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I got up there, you, I was throwing got, – got back in the routine of things for like a week and a half or two. And then um, I threw in my first game. And, uh, of course, we're facing our, you know, our alternate site guys who are, you know, really, really good hitters. And um, – I get in there and I think I threw 21 pitches was my pitch limit. And I threw 19 balls <laughs> just because I was, <laughs> I was so amped up. That was the first time I had thrown in the game and over like a year, I think it was like coming up on a year since I had thrown in a baseball game. So I was like amped up. Adrenaline was going, I couldn't feel my arm. I felt great. Like incredible. I come to the dugout. Like, how'd you feel? I was like, I've never felt any better in my life. And I just threw, <laughs> I just threw 19 balls out of 21 pitches. So um, the, the alternate site was really cool, though. Um, you know, it was my next outing out, kind of settled down, got back in the groove of things. And, um, you know, what was successful um, 
during during that last outing and then um i didn't have another one after that until instructs and um instructs went really well um i i learned a lot about kind of who i was as a pitcher um really got the sinker dialed in and um yeah just all around confidence builder there and um just gonna try to keep keep riding that wave you, a lot of people like to watch you pitch because you, you will mess with guys' timing. And the Brewers have a couple of left-handers in the organization right now that, that will do that. Ethan Small, of course, does that too. Have you two ever exchanged notes uh, or had some fun with the fact that you can kind of disrupt timing with the way you bring home your pitch from a delivery standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. So Ethan's actually my catch partner. So um, we, we work on this pretty much every single day, coming up with new ideas. Um, you know, there's no really rider i guess there's a wrong way to do it but there's it's it's not you know common so it's not like okay you know you can't do this you can't do that there's there's certain things that are box of course but um you know it's kind of just throwing ideas off each other like what if we mess with like a slide step hesitation brought it up just all like crazy stuff that you're probably not going to do in a game but it's still good to um do you know for the whole balance and timing for yourself and making you know, forcing your arm to be on time in any position. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been great to have Ethan as a catch partner. Getting to pitch in big league spring training games also means that you get on the radar uh, of social media and pitching ninja. Rob Friedman has yes. tweeted some of your stuff out. I, that's like a, a bucket list thing for every pitcher right now, right? No to, be, to be pushed out on, on the Pitching Ninja Twitter site. And, and you've been <laughs> able to do that. That's like, check that off now, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's been a goal of mine since uh, college. So I, that count came out in college. And um, it just, it took like a new perspective on pitching. Like, you know, it's, it's always been, you know, about the hitters and hitting home runs and everything. And it's kind of cool to see someone have like, you know, all these different ways of showing how, pitches move, what guys are doing with their front side, you know, leg block and hips and everything. So it, I, I actually learned a lot from, from that account. So to be featured on it uh, was, was really, really cool. And I was going to say, I mean, everybody kind of pitching and baseball is just like everything else. Everybody can borrow from each other. And, uh -huh. you know, there's some creativity that somebody else has. You go, hey, I, I could try that. And that's kind of almost sped that up a little bit, right? Everybody has access to everybody's stuff. And, and now you can kind of say, well, that works for him. Maybe that would work yeah. into my profile as well. Yeah, that's um, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually was struggling with a changeup in college. I just could never, never throw a changeup. And uh, Rob Friedman had a video on how Max Scherzer grips his changeup. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm up for anything. So I tried it. And now, that's been my changeup for the past three, yeah, three and a half, four years almost. So pretty cool. That's really cool. That's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about your own experience with COVID last summer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it was a challenge to kind of get yourself back to feeling good. But then you were able to, to get to the alternate site and, and be out there as well. Um, what, what was that experience like? You don't have to go through everything, but just – in terms of getting yourself back to, to feeling normal on the mound again, how, how big of a challenge was that? Yeah. So, you know, at first I would notice like throwing, um, just run out of breath quick. I'd be like, dang, like, am I, am I working that hard right now? Like I, I you know, I do this every day for a living. 
and now it's suddenly um you know tiring and stuff like that and catch catch play has always been like something for a release for me i just i love playing catch so uh to be like tired and like worn out after catch was frustrating and i was like dang i gotta get back to where i'm at or where i was at so um it took a little bit but you know playing playing catch every day for two three weeks um was you know kind of got me back into things so um you know it wasn't that big of a deal on the baseball side as far as like as as it was on you know running when i run i have low shortness breath but um you know i feel i feel pretty good right now with where i'm at um you know Luckily, I didn't have, you know, some of the more severe symptoms that people have. So, you know, very fortunate. And everything tastes like a chicken sandwich now. And everything tastes like a chicken sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely the weirdest part. Like, even in driving in my truck, I'll be getting on the highway, you know, getting up to speed. The engine gets hot or whatever. And um, it smells like peanut butter every morning when I get on the one. I'm just like this is this is the weirdest thing in the world. I, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. That's yeah. really crazy. Hey, last question for you because I think this is going to be interesting to follow over the course of the next month and month to two mm-hmm. months is placement this year for prospects and guys in the minor leagues. What are your expectations? Not having the year last year, mm-hmm. and I think the expectation would have been that you would have been in Double A probably last season. Now you've had another year of development, but it wasn't traditional development. Yeah. Yeah, What are the expectations this year, not just for you, but for other guys on where you start out your, your minor league seasons? Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, You know, right now, I think it's kind of everyone, you know, everyone should want to, you know, play, play in the big leagues, of course, but um, you know, it's, it's going to be at the, you know, whatever front office guys decide, and, um, you know, whatever they think is best for the team. So um, we'll see, you know, you hope for the best and um, do everything you can to try to make that decision easy for them and then go from there. But, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully everything goes well this season and uh, we can get some, get some new guys up, up to the, uh, the, big, the big leagues. And, and you know what, Aaron, to that point, last year was one of those unique years where you saw a lot of guys – yeah. that had not pitched above high A make their debuts yeah. last year. You know, you look at a Justin Topa uh, yeah. as a guy that, um, you know, maybe not the high A part of it, but a guy that wasn't on the radar and then oh. pitched well and, and, and worked himself into a major yeah. role for the yeah, Brewers absolutely. before the end of the season. So, I mean, uh, that's certainly – I mean, I would think your debut is what your goal is for this year, absolutely. For sure, right? Absolutely, without a doubt. Well, it should be a lot of fun uh, to watch it all unfold. You've been really impressive so far in camp, and it's been it's been great to get a chance to watch you. Thank you, Lane. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Aaron Ashby with us here on Brewers on Tap. And my thanks to Aaron Ashby for taking some time and, and sharing some of his experiences with us over the course of this camp. It's been quite a rise that he's had. The, the nephew of former big leaguer Andy Ashby, so he knows what it's going to take. To, to get to the big leagues and stick. And I like the confidence from him, too. He clearly believes he can make this team. And we've heard Craig Council say over the last couple of days, this, this is a guy that is that has performed well, and you can write what you want about that, essentially not ruling anything out when it comes to Aaron Ashby in 2021. Really good stuff. Well, somebody that's had their eyes on Aaron Ashby for a long time has been Brewers Farm Director Tom Flanagan, and I had a chance to sit down with him and talk to him about all the challenges of last year, and 
And even though there weren't true minor league seasons, maybe there was some silver lining in that they were able to, to get things done at that alternate site last summer. Let's break it down. Absolutely. I think, as you mentioned, it's been a challenge on so many people and, and the baseball component of it was just a, a fraction of it. But, but I think the one thing we've learned uh, by far the most was how much more we can do remotely with our players and how much we can set up you know, competitive environments from, from afar for those guys to, uh, to keep challenging them. You know, it's difficult to work out in isolation at times, but we've learned a lot um, to improve our methods in terms of working with guys when they are away, whether it be in future off seasons, hopefully, or, or not a pandemic for certain, but, but uh, I think it'll bode well for our staff moving forward. They've done a great job in this environment as of, of our players. So looking forward to uh, putting these things to use under better circumstances in the future. We were talking about this on one of our broadcasts earlier this week. When you look at a guy like Bryce Terang spent last year at the alternate facility, the alternate site, and <laughs> Here's somebody that really hadn't been above high A at any point in his career. And in a much different situation than a normal game setting, he was able to see a lot of AAA level pitching, some major league level pitching. What do you think he got out of that compared to what a normal year, maybe in double A or high A last year would have been for him? How, how, how different do you think? I mean, sure. obviously they're not apples to apples at all, but sure. what were some of the positives he might've been able to get out of that? Yeah, I, th I think, and just to cut to the chase, I think the net result was a big time positive, especially for a guy like Bryce. But I think mentally was the, was the biggest challenge because these guys, you know, baseball people are creatures of habit, used to having a routine. Well, it took a while to establish a routine that was productive in this alternate site environment where facing the same brewer uniform every day and repeated at bats against some tough arms, especially for Bryce. And I had a conversation with him when I was up there, I remember toward the end last year, and there's a, there was always a sense of not so much frustration, but just kind of that grind mentality. And I just phrased it to him like, hey, where else could you face, you know, three at-bats a night against, you know, you got Ashby, then the next night you got Antoine Kelly, and then you got a guy that just was in the big leagues the day before came down and you're facing him. So I think then it clicked with a lot of these guys where it's like, boy, in a minor league season, it's tremendous value, but at the same time, we tried to replicate as best we could, you know, competitive at bats and really challenge these guys. So I think just as, as it worked out last year with all the left-handed pitchers, the quality pitching he faced in general, I think it went a long way toward really pushing him along and, and, and salvaging what otherwise could have been a real disaster of a season and, and turned out pretty positive for him. Tom, you mentioned something that I wanted to talk to you about, and that's all the left-handed pitching in this organization right now uh, at the minor league level. And we've seen a couple of them over the course of Cactus League play already, and Ethan Small and Aaron Ashby, really exciting guys. Uh, I think Ashby's got a chance to be really special. But then you mentioned another one that, that I think everybody's really excited about, and that's Antoine Kelly, big-time arm, all three left-handers. You've been able to really do a nice job of developing homegrown talent on the mound. Over the last four or five years, the Brewers have been about as good as anybody uh, in baseball at doing that. What, what have been some of the keys to it, in your opinion? I think it's a multi, you know, you can thank a number of people, but I think number one starts with uh, the acquisition phase or the scouts bringing guys in that are just quality, you know, candidates with upside that the staff loves to work with. They're eager to learn, eager to get better. And the, the lefties in particular, you mentioned, 
somewhat varied backgrounds from all of them. You got a polished SEC pitcher. You got a junior college, a couple junior college left-handers with different backgrounds. And, and really you can, you can take turns talking about each of the three and the, and the ceiling may be higher on the next that you talk about, depending what order you go, they're all really outstanding arms. But I think um, the scouts have done a great job identifying upside plays you know, at different points in the draft, you know, early rounds, mid rounds, what have you. And then on the development side, I think our, our pitching coordinator, Cam Castro and our pitching coaches right, right up the line. And, and we, we always talk about this at all times. It's not so much um, the, the advancement of the coaches to different levels. They each contribute along the way. So it could be something that, you know, two weeks in rookie ball with our pitching coach kind of laid a foundation in that, in that amount of time where, he can roll that ahead to the next level he goes to and so on. So I think, I think we've, we focused on the right areas with, with all these guys in terms of maxing their arsenals and, and helping them develop additional arm strength and things of that nature. And then as they move up the line, just kind of polishing it further and hopefully maximizing their impact that they'll have in the big leagues. Tom, who are some of the underrated guys right now in the organization? And I know you could go on and on probably with a lot of guys that you like, but I mean, we talk about a lot of these headliners. We're talking about Garrett Mitchell a lot, Bryce Terang a lot, the guys that were picked high that I think everybody knows about. But there are some other guys that I think don't get the run maybe they deserve. Um, some of them are still considered big prospects for the Brewers. Like, I love Mario Feliciano. I think he's got a yeah. really bright future uh, with the Brewers, and he doesn't maybe get the national love that some of the other guys get. Um, Hedbert Perez is a younger guy that a lot of people are very intrigued by. Who are some of the names yeah. – that if you were me or if you were somebody listening, you would be paying close attention to in the Brewers organization. Sure. There's, there's a number of them right now. And I think the the year off only got us more excited to see these guys back on the field. But I know one that's kind of under our purview right now, Mike Abello, um, mm -hmm. an outfielder from Hawaii. I think he was 2018 third round pick. He had really, you know, obviously missed last season, came to our instructional camp and really turned some heads, you know, just, whether it was a time away, a little bit more strength that he showed in, in camp, but good center fielder candidate swung the bat extremely well. And he's kind of picked up where he's left off in our early camp, you know, just showing, showing those same attributes. So he's a guy to, to keep in mind. And then another pitcher that we signed out of Mexico, um, uh, Castaneda, um, well, right-hander probably would be in that double a, you know, high a mix this year. But really good arm, went to the fall league in 2019, I guess the last year we had the fall league and um, has a split finger and really kind of is more of a, uh, a sleeper type, maybe from from people who follow our system. But he's another guy to keep an eye on. That's it's not he's not in early camp. He'll be here uh, whenever we start minor league camp, but another name to keep in mind. But there, as you mentioned, there's a number of guys that I'm skipping over that yeah. we're excited to get them back in the fold and, and see what they can do in 2021 can't always list them all there's there's a lot of guys in the organization and there's a lot of guys with really high upside brewers have done a good job of drafting and acquiring in that way over the last handful of years tom uh, sarah goodrum is is now the minor league hitting coordinator i had a chance to talk to her a couple of weeks ago very impressive extremely humble and just excited to to get to work. And I know she's been enjoying herself so far this spring, getting a chance to, to get to work. And she really got a good opportunity to work around a lot of the guys in fall instructs as well. So she's definitely been able to hit the ground running. How excited are you to work with her and, and what has she brought to the table already? 
Uh, very excited. I think she's been around for a number of years already, more focused on our ISP department and, and so forth. But at the same time, she's kind of been around our hitters more than our pitchers. And, and now clearly in this role, she's going to be doing you know, heavily immersed in that area. And it's exciting to hear a new perspective always. Right. But I think that the best thing that you can say about Sarah is she's ears open uh, to our players very good on cues as to what information they're looking for to help, you know, provide feedback um, and very uh, sound in her thoughts in terms of what she wants to do to move our hitting uh, apparatus forward. So I think our, our coaches are excited to work with our players are excited and, you know, it's good to have her um, around right now in big league camp, you know, taking her, taking what she's picking up over there, bringing it back to our minor league side. And hopefully our hitters will be the ones that benefit in the years to come. Tom Flanagan, Brewers Farm Director, our guest here on Brewers on Tap. Tom, maybe the biggest acquisition you made all offseason was going back to Nashville for the AAA home of the Brewers. This is a big deal. It's the best situation you've had since you were last in Nashville. Uh, all respect given to Colorado Springs and San Antonio, but the facilities and environment just don't match what you're going to have now, and you're going to have stability with it. That has to be the most exciting part, right? That it's a 10-year player development contract. You're going to be able to put guys in Nashville for the extended future and there's a direct flight which is certainly not a bad thing either for AAA uh, to and from Milwaukee this is just a huge win I think for the Brewers organization yeah you're right you summed it up really well there's so many different data points where it's it's superior to where we've been and, and again no no fault of the system but when you can get players in for major league moves quicker with a direct flight as you mentioned that's that's huge the stability piece is big just because, you know, you got a, a you know, top-notch facility to work with this year and for the years to come. And then a bonus is a lot of the staff with the sounds uh, in their front office is the same as when we were there before. So they're, they're quality individuals. We frankly wish, you know, we never left, but at, at the same time, at this point, we're just excited to get back there. We've had early conversations with them on a number of, of topics and, it's just going to set up really well. I think it can be a great partnership for the Brewers for years to come. And, and as you mentioned, just having it geographically much more suitable between Nashville and Milwaukee, I think it'll be a win-win for both, both parties. Tom, last question for you. When you look at uh, this spring training and then actual minor league season, not starting till early May, you got guys that are in early camp. How will you manage those guys between camp breaking at the end of March and their season's beginning. Will you back off them a little bit for a, a, a small amount of time before you get them ramped back up for, for their season? Or will you just kind of keep them going with inter-squad games here? And, of course, minor league camp will open up shortly thereafter. What's kind of the plan with the guys that have been in early camp as you get them ready for their actual seasons? No, that's, a, that's a great question. That's something we're still kicking around now. I think the way, it, the way it's going to shape up for us is we're going to try and work a balance where – we don't want those guys to be subjected to kind of that early monotony of camp where the drill work that they've already been through for a few weeks has been done. They're game ready. So we're going to back them off more of the day-to-day -day work and focus them on uh, basically B games or other games we'll set up with other organizations. Each, each organization is kind of in a similar boat once a uh, big league camp ends. So we'll, we'll keep the pitchers throwing, keep building them up per their plan to where we want to see them innings wise at the start of the year. And then position players, it'll probably be enough game at bats to keep them sharp, but at the same time, give them a little breather so that when the minor league games begin in, 
in early to mid April, we can, we can transition those guys seamlessly into those games. So they'll probably be a little bit ahead of everybody at the start, which will be good. But at the same time, we don't want to wear them out because it's going to be a, a long season, especially coming off of 2020. Well, Tom, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for the time. As always, I'm sure we'll be catching up with you from time to time over the course of the season. Enjoy yourself. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Lane. Appreciate it. My thanks to Tom Flanagan for joining me this week on Brewers on Tap. Well, just a quick reminder before we say goodbye, Brewers have announced that single-game tickets will go on sale starting on March 26th. Those single-game tickets will be on sale for games that go through May the 2nd. How about that? First time in 18 months we're going to have fans back at American Family Field in Milwaukee. Can't wait for it. There will be a small number of opening day tickets available for purchase when those single game tickets go on sale. That inventory is expected to be exhausted quite quickly. So of course, uh, if you can get your hands on that, great, but there's going to be a, a bunch of other great games that you can try to get your hands on through May the 2nd. Tickets available for purchase starting at 10 a.m. at Brewers.com on March 26th or 1-800-933-7890. Again, 1-800-933-7890. That's going to do it for us in this week's edition of Brewers on Tap, another spring training edition coming your way next week. Until then, be safe, everybody. I'm Lane Grindle. Brewers! Brewers!